welcome to Up Close and Virtual with me, Katie Tew. In each episode, I'll be joined by a guest where we'll be chatting about our experience of starting and running a business, the lessons that we've learned along the way. We'll be sharing our top tips and, of course, best practice. Expect to be entertained, enlightened and empowered. Happy listening. everyone and welcome to the next episode of Up Close and Virtual. I'm absolutely delighted this afternoon that I'm joined by the lovely Lucy Allen of Armonier Travel. Lucy and I connected back in the height of Covid um, through her Instagram posts. I'm a massive fan of travelling and Lucy's posts just totally caught my eye and appealed to me. I happened to be looking at planning a bit of a travel exper- expedition for a big birthday that was looming. So reached out to Lucy and we got on really, really well. Lucy subsequently, bless her, did her, my virtual assistant coaching and mentoring course. Then covid finally came to an end travel opened up again and she's hit the ground running back with Amonia travel at full pelt haven't you Lucy yeah indeed <laughs> I don't think we really anticipated quite how big um travel would come back <laughs> and it was a very big bang um and actually slightly unknown to me because I actually set up in lockdown the second national lockdown being what was that December 2020 I think we went into the second lockdown yeah so actually which I think lots of people think is a bit bonkers why would you set up a travel business in lockdown um but for me I don't know that I would have set it up had lockdown not happened um because it gave like everyone it gave me a lot of time everyone was sort of taking a breather and I'd I'd wanted to get back into work you know I'd been at home with the children for a while dabbled with a few things um but really wanted to get stuck into something and travel was something that I'd always thought about doing and and the opportunity arose naturally tried to talk myself out of it (laughs) um why, why would you do that you can't do that you've never worked in travel but ultimately it's sales and I've got a sales background um and what's better to sell than luxury travel and something that you really enjoy so you can actually experience too absolutely um yeah you're you're right and and yeah we we had good fun doing your course together and actually it was so helpful because you know it's all transferable skills and they're very interconnected in a way and I found it so useful ultimately it's just about setting up a business that's virtual Mm -hmm. and your business is virtual your your home is your office that's right isn't it yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm an independent and I'm based from from my kitchen table most of the time um, yeah. amongst the chaos of renovating and everything else. But um, so, yes, in that sense, it's it's very similar. And so doing your course was really, really helpful. Um, and actually very quickly with your help and everything, picked up a couple of clients to do virtual assistance for straight off the back of doing the course, which was really great in the quieter times. And um and enjoyed it and it was nice to get stuck into something a little bit different but yes like you say once things eased up and travel sort of decided it was 
doing its thing again, but not quite. It all got a little bit busy. Yeah, I bet it is. Just taking a wee step back in terms of reflecting on setting up the business, were there any particular challenges that you had setting it up or did you find that whole process quite easy? I I would say as far as challenges go, the main ones were, which I touched on before, that self-doubt. Yeah. The fear, the imposter syndrome. And I think a lot of... um, parents stay-at-home parents or have taken time out from the workplace they experience that you know that that kind of lack of self-worth if you like and um confidence and getting back out there and I think that was one of the biggest challenges for me is I was very good at I think they say it's something like you have an idea and it takes 3.6 seconds or something ridiculous to talk yourself out of it which is ridiculous it is, but it's classic. We, we're all the same. I think particularly those of us who have had a little bit of time kind of looking after the children and that has been our full time role. And then actually seeing our own self-worth in setting something up and believing that we can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, the answer is you absolutely can because it's really not complicated, but it's just having you know, somebody else that you can bounce ideas off. I think, you know, any anything that we do that's virtual and is as a result on our own, mm-hmm. we just sometimes need a another who can yeah. give us a bit of moral support. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think for me, it was a relatively unknown industry. Like I said, it, it, it sales at the end of the day, which I have got a background in and, you know, client relationships and client management and, that sort of thing but in an unknown industry it makes it even easier to highlight any challenges that are going to come around and you talk yourself out of it and all the negatives you always highlight the negatives rather than the positives so it's changing your mindset and reframing and thinking I can do this and you know the saying fake it till you make it it's a little bit of that isn't it (laughs) I think there's a lot of that yeah (laughs) I don't think it's a little bit I think it's a lot of that I think I'm still doing it (laughs) I think I think so. I think we all are. And actually, one of the luxuries of working from home behind a computer is you haven't got 15 people in the office yeah. watching what you're doing. Yeah. So if you are trying to blag something, it's only you that's watching. Exactly, exactly. Oh, <laughs> and and your your kind of um setup, it, it is it a franchise or is it very much an independent? Yeah, so I, I think yeah, franchise is a good good word. Um I have a host company, um, a consortium, if you like. That's what we what we call it. Yeah. And there's quite a few of them in the travel industry. Um, it's just kind of which one suits you the best in terms yeah. of their model. Yeah. Um, so, yes, in that sense, it is quite similar to a franchise. Um, it allows me to have access to all sorts of training and everything I need to legally operate as an independent agent. But the luxury of it is I can brand it myself and be very much myself um and then I've got all my back office and systems in place with my host company so it's it's perfect for me for now in terms of setting up it's been amazing yeah and I think actually the franchise model 
even though this isn't necessarily a true version of the franchise model for anybody who is looking to set up a new business and particularly you know, in something where there is a franchise model being offered, that do look at it because actually it, it's a very simple way of launching a new business, particularly, as you say, in something that you don't necessarily have all of the systems and support that you might need um, from a sort of compliance point of view and all that sort of thing. I guess with the travel industry, you need Atoll and Abta and all those sort of things. So does that come from, from the, the franchise business to support yeah, you? Absolutely. So um, the the franchise or the host company um, that I'm business that I'm with, yeah, they have their own Abta. So that's great. And then um, Atoll and Abta anyway, I'm bonded with partners who have it. So I work with operators and suppliers who have their own. And obviously I've got Atoll as well. So it's, it's, yeah, it's all above board. And those are really important points, actually, is is if anyone is thinking about doing it themselves, just just check that Abta and Atoll are covered in all the bookings you're making. Yeah. Um, whether that's with your partners or directly with your host company or anything like that, that's really, really important. Yeah. What have you found the most rewarding elements of kind of running your own business, Lucy? What have you kind of really got a buzz from? Um, my number one is definitely building the relationships with my clients. It it really is. And I think anyone that enjoys sort of soft sales and and that sort of things. It, it is that client relationship and getting to know people and what they like. And then, you know, going somewhere or maybe seeing a new hotel opening and thinking, I know the person for that. Yeah. And just getting to that point where you've got that relationship and and um and them being really appreciative of that. Yeah. Just knowing yeah. that you've got that. I think that's really rewarding. And and obviously happy travelers, so great feedback or you know when they appreciate the little things that you do for them and and you think yeah I did that and and they're happy because of it and it's the little things isn't it I think it is I think it is and I think you like me really hold that client relationship in the highest of regard I think you understand the importance of good relationship because ultimately good relationship leads to more business Mm -hmm. so you know that by looking after somebody getting to know them well enough to really understand what they need Mm -hmm. that results in them coming back again and again and again and again yeah absolutely and I very much um, at the moment a lot of business is word of mouth which is is great and referrals and um and you and what's quite nice about that is the referrals have come from a client that you've built that relationship with so more often than not the referral is very similar to that person or the relationship is going to be very similar to that other person so you just know that it's it's going to be a good one um and you don't really then feel like you're starting afresh with a client because it's been a referral yeah which i think is really nice yeah that's that's lovely yeah, come on then. So give us a glimpse into the day in the life of Lucy and Amonier Travel. I, I want to know kind of what happens behind the scenes. <laughs> I don't know that you do, do you? <laughs> <laughs> you, you? You can gloss over things if you'd like to. <laughs> right, well, just throwing it back to the sort of mummy duties, um, which I've got to put in there because it's it's a big part of my day. So, And that's the luxury of what I do is I can... I can sort of juggle and I can work around the children, which I love. So it's it's drop off, then home. So get through the chaos of the morning and the school run. And then it's home to coffee. Yes. 
coffee first. Nothing helps. Nothing happens before the coffee's been. No, so the coffee's on, and then um, generally, first things first, I prioritise my unread inbox. Yeah. Um, and that's sort of anything and everything. It's sort of someone pinging back and forth about an inquiry that's been going on for a few weeks. It might be new inquiries anything and everything really so I prioritize that and then respond accordingly Um, and then generally get stuck into any research that needs doing um, for ongoing inquiries new inquiries and that can actually be quite lengthy sometimes it involves yeah it it can involve depending on what the inquiry might be but um, it's it's toing and froing with multiple suppliers and operators you know cross-checking pricing um getting together loads of different options for clients to have a look at and and proposals so it can it can be quite lengthy um I think I I mean certainly as a virtual assistant myself I find booking travel for my clients one of the most time-consuming tasks that I ever undertake Mm -hmm. and I probably don't have access to perhaps some of the the routes that you would for your research, but there's an element of, you know, I'll get a client who says I'm doing a business trip and I go, that's fine because there's something more transactional about that. Mm -hmm. Whereas if I've got a client who says to me, I'm looking for a family holiday, we're going this, this, and these are my dates. I slightly get that moment of dread and think, okay, that's something I really have to plan into my calendar to get that done because I just know it's going to take me forever. Um, Absolutely. Are there any any quick fixes to that, Lucy? Have you got any advice that you might add into there to any of us virtual assistants who are booking travel? I think, well, use an agent, (laughs) number one. First and foremost, use an agent. And actually, in all seriousness, um, I think now more than ever, people are, are really noticing the benefits of that. And, you know, 30, 40 years ago, it was just something people did. Mm. It's, you know, and in America, having an agent's like having an accountant. Everyone's yeah. just got one. There's no kind of, you know, going on and browsing comparison websites for, right. for holidays. People just use an agent. So in that that sense I think it's really important um because you're working with a human being and that's invaluable you don't want to be on the phone for seven hours to you know Emirates holidays or or whatever if you've got someone working on behalf of you and you can offload then why not do it you know it's their job to then do it and you know that you've you've offloaded that task does it it automatically make it more expensive to use an agent or or not always No, and I think people have these preconceived ideas that using an agent is going to be really expensive. Yeah. Um, and certainly not, especially not not with me anyway. You know, I don't charge a fee to my client. I make my money at the, uh, with the end product. So it, it's not that at the moment, I mean, in some scenarios I do, but they're for the, the sort of really lengthy, big, big bookings. But um so there's no there's no fee involved um and actually more often than not um I've got the time to sort of crunch the numbers compare get the numbers down if that's an issue and and really look at where you know the best options are I think it doesn't just stop at you know places like booking.com there are you know there are other options and I've got the time to to look into it 
And I have to, to, to anybody listening today, I mean, I have to admit that I have used Lucy to book client travel for me um, because I literally have not had the chance to find the time to be able to do it. So, you know, it does work not just for your own personal stuff, but also for your client stuff. Um, and I think the other thing that I really liked about using you was the fact that, A, you kind of instantly got who the client was and what they needed. But I, on the one occasion that we did the business stuff, he actually knew where he wanted to go. But I just knew that if I booked it through you, it was all going to be covered. I would be able to cancel pretty much lastminute.com. Um, and it just gave me an awful lot more flexi- flexibility than it would have done if I'd done it myself. Yeah, absolutely. And I think with business travel, a lot of the time it can be quite last minute. Yes. Um, yeah. Which is anxiety inducing anyway. Oh so yeah. if there's, you know, a virtual assistant has got so much going on for that client and other clients anyway, if they can offload it um, and, you know, it really, really can can help sort of yeah. you know, with your workload and mental capacity in that sense. Yeah. Um yeah, so I know I did actually, I, I wrote a couple of little bits down for some advice for sort of virtual assistants booking travel. Obviously, it was use an agent was one of them. Um, but, you know, you, you, I think little things, and they may seem quite obvious, but if you're not using an agent and you are booking travel for people, um, always just take the time just to sort of cross-check pricing and, and availability options, because sometimes some websites sort of hold back or don't have the room options but others do Um, and I would always put it on a map search so there's always the option generally to do a map search because often you need to be in a specific area yeah Um, so if you do it by map you can see the area you're in and then it can also bring up other hotels nearby which you might not have looked at I mean they seem quite obvious but yeah for business travel locations yeah, that's a great idea. So get your Google Maps out and put your location in and just see what pops up. And what about the comparison sites, Lucy? Do you do you know much about them? Do you do you use them? Um I have a tr- I have trade versions. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I have trade versions of comparison. Basically, it's just it compiles loads of different um suppliers all in one place. Um yeah. so so yeah, it's very similar but in, in a trade capacity. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so I guess the, the sort of, you know, kind of come on camaraderie, give us a funny story. What's the most ridiculous holiday that anybody's ever asked you to book? <laughs> well, I don't know if I have a ridiculous holiday. I've got to be careful what I say here, haven't I? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bearing in mind, I, I am a client of yours as well. <laughs> yeah, no, yours are all very lovely and straightforward. No, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I I did have one one client who was booking a lovely family holiday Um, really really quite um, quite smart hotel um, lovely budget lovely part of the world and I got a phone call about a week before they were departing and and the client was really quite sort of um, concerned and, and sort of flapping a bit which then raised my anxieties up of it oh no what's going on what's happened um and I mean first world problems but the client was really concerned that they'd booked three days too long for the holiday (laughs) I was wondering if I felt the same and what they should probably do about it and and I just thought gosh 
if only you could listen to yourself I mean it's little things like that that really make me laugh um and it really is it's first world problems but yeah they were really concerned they thought is it three days too long I mean what do you think and they were traveling quite far it was sort of mid to long haul um and I just sort of had to say you know in in a roundabout way this is a little bit ridiculous no I think you should go for the for the 12 days or whatever it was and who ever heard of the holiday being too long I know I know (laughs) this was post-covid as well when no one had been away and it was you know pent up demand (laughs) for travel and yeah um I love it I love it (laughs) and then I had a couple I've had um an industry that fascinates me is this influencer. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Modern day influencing, whatever you want to call it. Um, I've had a couple of scenarios where a couple of people have got in touch wanting wanting to go away. But yeah, great, fine, I can help you. And then it's it's sort of as time's gone on, turns out everybody wants you know a freebie. Oh, no, genuinely, genuinely. And I was quite blind to this. I didn't really know how how this all worked, but it was asked for. So I hadn't offered anything or anything like that. Or reached Um, out to a kind of influencer agent or anything like that. This had come direct. Come direct from to me. Um, And it was extraordinary. I thought, how do I deal with this? Because I don't know that I want to go off to hoteliers or the industry sort of saying what can you do with this request because for me that looks a little bit something for nothing yeah 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 Yeah. exactly so it was a really tricky one to know how to handle actually because I, I didn't want to lose them as a client because for me, it might have been really great marketing. Yeah. But at the same time, I, I wasn't able to offer them what they were almost sort of demanding. Asking for, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's extraordinary. So now sort of hotels and marketing departments have got processes in place where they can look into influencers or whatever. They can get into the nitty gritty bits. Yeah. And, um, and sort of have a look at just how influential they would be should they come along so which I found fascinating um so yeah I've had a couple of requests like that which have been quite eye-opening um so yeah really really interesting that's really interesting and I guess actually in anybody in any industry is liable to attract influencers reaching out to work with them I mean you know what what did you do in the end did you book them and they went away or yeah no so I they they did book in the end um and and they had the most wonderful holiday um a really lovely time um and actually interesting enough I um as far as marketing went for me it wasn't that beneficial so I was quite pleased that I hadn't invested too much yeah in that sense um but yeah it was really interesting I I wasn't aware that you could buy followers I don't know if you knew that I know (laughs) I know I know so it turns out that you can people do um so unless someone's got a genuine following of people that you would want as clients you're not going to benefit from from influencers as much as you would like that's really interesting so no I mean I know I I mean I haven't I think I have heard of it historically but nobody's offered to um sell me any followers yet (laughs) 
yeah so I had a couple of followers afterwards but they were sort of from uh, oh I don't know countries sort of in the Middle East that probably wouldn't want my services or being your client base yeah exactly fascinating bless you so I guess virtual assistants then use your map find your location use an agent and be aware that it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be more expensive I think that's really really good advice yeah. um what's the best bit of advice that you've ever received Lucy um do you know I don't know if it's advice as such and it's maybe it's one of those things that as you get older maybe it's being a parent or certain time in life but uh, maybe I've been reminded of it a little bit more recently, but it's, it's surrounding yourself with people who are encouraging you are positive yeah. and are rooting for you. Yeah. Um, and don't sort of hang around people that aren't. Yeah. And I think you haven't got anyone to impress, do your thing and stay true to what you want to do and your morals and your beliefs. And then you know that if anything's gone wrong, you can kind of handle it. You, you've kind of got a grip on it. You've stuck true to what you want to do Absolutely. and stick around people that that want that for you as well. Um, and one thing I found is the travel industry. And I think you've said in the past about the virtual assistant industry is that everyone's rooting for each other. And it's a yeah. really, really sort of helpful, encouraging, positive industry to be in. And everyone wants to help each other. And it's just, yeah. And I think it's really important. I don't, you know, I think you get to a point in life where you realise you've got to stop trying to impress or do things for people that actually don't really care too much. So. I, I really agree with that. I really agree with that. It's it's surrounding yourself by those that give you the energy rather than draining mm. your energy. Mm. Um, and I think that it is hugely valuable. And I think we are certainly in the virtual assistant arena. We're so lucky to be surrounded by hugely supportive people um and even though we're in a very competitive space i think we all appreciate that yes it's competitive but we are all in our own little way offering something very different um and i think you know that makes us much more supportive of each other because perhaps we're not threatened Mm. Um, but you know I in my experience everybody has been hugely supportive and mm. it can be a bit lonely out here doing all of this stuff on our own mm-hmm. you know mm. so you do need to feel like you can reach out to people yeah you know have a bit of a shout and scream rant, rant and rave when things aren't quite going as well as you'd like them to um, yeah. just going back to sort of travel I mean I'd love to know from a sort of business hotel point of view, if there are any chains that you would particularly recommend and and if you do, who and why? Yeah, I mean, uh, predominantly I I work more in in leisure travel, but obviously I do travel with business. But actually a chain that I do really rate for for business is Marriott. Okay. Um, and and that's because it's just such a broad spectrum of specs depending on what you require yeah so they've got everything from you know higher end if you're mixing sort of business and leisure travel yeah um, few days business few days leisure, or whatever you've got sort of higher end all the way down to sort of your basic but done you know done pretty well for basic yeah, yeah. um 
And if you're holding, say, a conference or something, they, they're really geared up. A lot of their hotels are geared up for, for business in that sense. Yes, yeah, um, yeah. So generally, as a brand, Marriott do business travel quite well. Okay. And do they run reward schemes? Do they, they sort of run those kind of um, executive club schemes as well? Yeah, exactly. And again, Marriott, for example, has, has got their Bonvoy scheme and and a couple of others I think so yeah in that sense you will find that there are points and and to be taken and whatever and actually more often than not with an agent you can use those points if you're booking through an agent as well and yeah so yeah keep an eye out for for points a little bit like um air miles I mean how useful are air miles and avios and and that sort of thing Mm. um so yeah keep an eye out for those but Marriott generally a, a, a pretty pretty decent for business travel and worldwide obviously yeah yeah absolutely I think that's a really good piece of advice and I think signing up to those points-based reward schemes where available is also really handy Mm -hmm. um you know I've got clients who just wouldn't travel without their American Express cards yeah um and that was partly because they partnered with British Airways and you've got the most amazing um point schemes on that I don't think it actually exists in the way that it used to anymore but even then, you know, signing up to BA and having your Avios points does make a massive difference. It does. I mean, you, it really does. I think so many people have a laugh about it because you you get these points and you also can get vouchers and companion vouchers. And everyone laughs because they come and go and you can never use them and you yes. miss out on all these companion vouchers. So I, if you're one of those people that can sort of pick the awkward flight and go next week at whatever hour to somewhere strange, then it's great. It's worth it. <laughs> it's yeah. worth it. it is um, worth it. But I also think for those of us who are doing a virtual assistant role, keeping an eye on our execs, you know, just the, the BA Avios points and when they can redeem things is a really good idea. Um, you know that last minute weekend away with the wife well that's the perfect place to use your companion miles um there and then so you know yeah. it's definitely worth doing it so exactly. i sign my lot up for marriott now yes and and just with the with avios and stuff like that i think i always say they are their most valuable um for upgrading yeah that's where the value is it's okay yes you can sort of purchase flights with them um but generally, more often than not, they are most valuable for, for upgrades. It's upgrading. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What's your sort of massive piece of travel advice to people at the moment? I know travel is literally over the media all the time. But, you know, what what piece of advice would you give people who are booking travel for their clients? I'd say at the moment is plan ahead where you can. I think at the moment anyway sort of gone are the days of of that last minute there is still an you know a a place for last minute and lots of people can't help but do last minute and that's fair enough but if you can plan ahead and I think especially now and in the current climate um and people watching the pennies and, and that sort of thing but still want to get away don't want to forfeit that lovely holiday if you can plan ahead you can almost then look at it as like a payment plan yeah. Put a small deposit down and then have you know eight nine ten months of paying it off when yeah. you can yeah and then you've got something in the diary to look forward to you've got access to generally the best availability if you can plan ahead yeah. um and when you say plan ahead how long are you thinking about here 12 months in advance I mean if you can a lot of the time flights um 
as sort of 11 months in advance that they release them, but that it sort of depends on the hotel, but if you can do 12 months or at least start thinking about it. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, six months even still is, is a good amount of time. Yeah. Um, I've got people, where are we now? We're sort of coming to mid, mid-September. I've got people now sort of talking about May, June, July next year, um, which, which is really nice because it's, they've got time to research and really sort of nail down where they want to go and, and really look at what's available to them on and more often than not especially with hotels there's lots of um, early bird discounts offer rates opening rates to take advantage of you know even up to sort of 30 percent um at the you know at the start of the season so keep an eye out for that how long do those offers tend to hang around because that that's the one thing that I was never really sure about is do you if you book in advance you get all of those sort of discounts so the the later you leave it prior to when you want to travel the less likely you are to get a deal is that kind of incent to all intents and purposes what you're saying generally I mean you can still find I mean occasionally you'll get sort of um sales with let's give six senses for example yeah Um, they might do a sale um over a couple of months at the beginning of the year january sale yes so you can still find offer rates throughout the year but if you want those early bird discounts um try and get them when you can because they then sort of they go down they might start at 20 percent, and then two months later it might go down to 15 percent, and then down to 10 percent. so yeah i get you yeah and do you think generally as a sense for the whole travel, do you think summer this year was sold out or do you think people were still reluctant to travel this summer? It's a funny one. I think last summer we saw the whole um, the staycation boom and it was yeah. this huge, you know, you couldn't get a cottage in Devon for, you know, it was ridiculous. And this year it was it was almost the opposite. I think everyone suddenly thought, no, actually, we've done the staycation. We want to get away. Everybody got away. Yeah. Um, and the demand was absolutely huge. Mm. It really was. Mm. Um, so and it will calm down. Yeah. It will calm down. And I think people who thought they would be a bit funny about traveling or nervous about traveling realized they weren't because mm. everyone was doing it and everyone was fine. And, and it was far easier to travel. So, yeah. It's almost, I don't know if you feel this, but it's almost as if it's never happened, COVID now. It's very strange. I definitely, I I mean, we were very lucky this year. We've had two fantastic holidays. Mm. Um, One to Puglia in Italy with you, thank you very much. (laughs) Um, And one to Lefkada in Greece. And I think when we went in May, we were probably still a little bit nervous, but that was partly because EasyJet were insisting that we were still wearing masks on the aeroplane and all that sort of thing. And that actually, when you're leaving a country and you're being sort of, slightly made feel very nervous then the anxiety just creeps up whereas actually when we were in Greece in in, at the beginning of September uh, honestly it was Covid what yeah Covid who yeah um completely forgotten and but in addition to that I've got a client who's just come back from Boston with Covid so oh no yeah (laughs) um so it's never going to go away though is it's never going to go away yeah I mean it is never going to go away I mean we all we all know it's never going to go away but you know it's just you know he he's fine I mean absolutely fine but you know to come back from a massive business meeting um came home feeling a bit grotty thought he had a test before he headed off to the office Uh uh-oh 
Oh, no. So, yeah. What are, the, what, what are the sort of destinations for 2023? Where I mean, can, is there a hot list? Is there places that we should be looking for, thinking about for next year? You know, I'm always trying to push. I mean, and I get that some people aren't keen because they're real sun chasers, but I'm always trying to push Europe in the shoulder seasons. And that's from sort of mid-end yeah. of April through to the end of October. Yeah. And, and you know, those months in Europe can be just amazing especially the back end I think from sort of mid-September to the end of October is probably you know the best time to travel to lots of parts of Europe I'm always trying to push yeah um experience we I mean we did Italy in May and we did Greece in September both and I, I genuinely loved both the climate was fantastic on both occasions obviously a little less busy I mean I'm we've got grown-up children so you know I haven't got to be constrained to school holidays anymore but I I would wholeheartedly prefer to go outside of the school holidays if I could do yeah yeah well yeah of course I mean it's almost criminal now going in school holidays the flights especially um but generally there's there's a similar sort of pattern you've got your you know Middle East lovers Dubai lovers and love it or hate it it's a huge market um and and actually more all year now I think I personally wouldn't want to go in June July August September but if you want to go for a good price and you don't mind the heat (laughs) that's your time um and and it's quite popular now to go in the summer for some reason I don't know um so you've always got that. And then, you know, it, places like the Maldives had a big boom because it was one of the places that was sort of open when other things weren't. And then they suddenly locked down when others opened. So there was all that. So Maldives yeah. had a bit of a boom and it's, it's still very popular. Um, I deal quite a lot with families. Mm. Um, and I think probably naturally find that, I would say easier, but it, it resonates with me because yeah. I've got a young family myself. So um I like I like dealing with the family holidays so that obviously is quite often sort of October half term Easter holidays October half term Mauritius has been really popular yeah um, yeah if you want somewhere a little bit longer especially if you have a two-week October half term some really great family hotels there um and next year I'm just trying to think Mexico's having a bit of a moment yes I do keep hearing about Mexico mm-hmm. um yeah two or three friends who've done sort of Mexico either sort of earlier this year or they're kind of out there now um mm. I think a friend who's actually out there at the moment so yeah, yeah you know Mexico yeah there's some really beautiful um and lots of adult only actually hotels in yeah. Mexico really easy to get there loads of flights going there beautiful hotels yeah Mexico is definitely having a moment and, and actually all around sort of Central and South America um I think people who post-covid maybe we're used to going to you know fly and flop stay yeah. in a hotel yeah. but maybe now want a little bit more out of travel maybe they feel like they're being a little bit more adventurous by mm-hmm. you know these mid to long haul yeah south america and central america yeah and I, the other place i keep hearing about is costa rica hmm. yeah absolutely yeah um, and that apparently is absolutely fascinating i mm. mean it's a sort of slightly different 
competitor to the African safari. You yeah. can still safari, but it's very different. You're looking for sloths and butterflies and yes. birds. Whereas in, in, in Africa, you're looking for the tigers, not the tigers, the lions and the elephants. So, yes. but, but a very different environment, but stunning, apparently. Yeah. Morning, and you can what's quite nice is you can sort of do twin center or whatever you can fly yeah. into one airport and you can do one one coast and then you can go and do something a bit jungly or you know it's it's yeah really lovely and a good and a good price point actually costa rica yeah absolutely okay so i always wrap up asking my guests to kind of let me know where they see themselves in five years time what's the sort of plan for the business maybe you don't have a plan I don't know but what what's Lucy's five-year plan yeah it's it's funny isn't it I try not to plan but um I think ideally I'd possibly be with someone else like as a have a partner yeah um, working together depending on on just to clarify she's talking about business partner business partner yes thank you (laughs) never know (laughs) husband just left the building (laughs) um possibly um but equally be perfectly happy you know still being a Monier travel independently um I'm quite keen to tap into the international market as as, in terms of um clients so maybe a couple of U.S. clients or Scandinavian clients um I'd quite like yeah I think the U.S. market could be really interesting for for me because I wonder if they would um, enjoy having a UK-based agent for European travel. And I think, you know, with the exchange rate and everything like that, it's a really big big market for me to tap into, actually, the US market. So I'd quite like to to look into... Well, Audley Travel did exactly that. Audley, uh, who set themselves up as a travel agent in the UK, based in Oxfordshire, then went over the pond and set up Audley Mm -hmm. in Boston. So, you know, if, if they are making it work, then there clearly is a market for it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that could be really interesting. That's really um, interesting. Yeah. And I don't, I'd quite like um, to sort of wrangle my way into the sort of ultra high net worth mm. areas okay. um, to try and, and, and gain a couple of clients there, you know, the sort of time poor, um, but love to travel and just, I could get stuck into just creating trips and stuff for them yeah. on a yearly basis, yeah. knowing what they yeah. want year in, year out, and just sorting it all for them. I ideally would like a couple of clients like that. Yeah. Um, that would be really fun. Good. Yeah. Exciting times then. It sounds like you have actually got a bit of a plan, and I love that. And both mm-hmm. both ideas, I think, work really nicely. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that you will be hugely successful at you're very kind so bless well thank you for spending half an hour or so chatting with me (laughs) Um, loved every second of it lucy thank you and we will make sure that all of your contact details are in the notes um when the podcast goes live in a couple of weeks time um and please do you know if you are listening reach out to lucy because genuinely she is a very good at what she does um but b genuinely cares about the experience that her clients have so not all agents can purport to that and having been a customer of lucy's and intending on being a customer of hers again i can purport to her being absolutely very very good at looking after you so lucy thank you so much no you're very kind thank you thank you for having me
You're very welcome. Thank you so much for listening. Please don't forget to follow me and my guests on our social channels. All the details will be in the show notes. And please get in touch if you have any questions or topics that you might like to have covered in the next episodes, or even if you would like to be a guest yourself. <laughs>